0: Officially moved in case you missed the notice. We have moved from Saturday mornings, 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. Eastern, now to Sunday evenings, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern, which means live post game reaction from the conference championship games, which we've been doing for the last three hours tonight, live Super Bowl post game in two hours, or two hours, two weeks from now, uh, and everything in between and after that as well. So if you are new to the show, Welcome, hopefully you like it, uh, and stick around for a while. You can check out the show um, in podcast form if you missed anything up to this point. Hick at Night Podcast, night spelled N-I-T-E, available for free wherever you do get your pods. And on YouTube, Ryan Hickey is the channel name there. If you want any video content, make sure you subscribe, not only from this show, but also throughout the week, upload a ton of videos um, there as well. So if you're interested in in following the Thoughts, the whereabouts, the sometimes, maybe more than I like to admit, wrong predictions. Uh, those are the two spots to go. Hick at Night podcast, Ryan Hickey on YouTube. All right. We'll get your thoughts here. 49ers, Lions, Chiefs, um, Chiefs, and Ravens as well. Where I want to start this hour is by finally trying to give Brock Purdy some respect. Like, what else does Brock Purdy need to do if you are a doubter right now? What else does he need to prove to you in order for you to finally call him a really good quarterback? I've seen enough. I think, to me, he's an elite quarterback. Because Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy does the two things elite quarterbacks always have to do. Win and play clutch. Play well in the big moment. Those are the two attributes... You can absolutely give Brock Purdy right now. He's a winner and he is clutch. Sunday night was the latest example. You watch that game, it's 24 7. Game should be over. The game should be over at halftime, down 24 to 7. But Brock Purdy does what I think any elite quarterback does. Doesn't panic first and foremost, despite him being just a second year starter in the NFL and calmly uh, executes the offense, makes every play, leads the 49ers on five scoring drives in the second half to score 27 unanswered points and change what should have been the end of their season into a trip to the Super Bowl. What else do you got to see? What else does Brock Purdy have to prove to you Before you call him one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Before you call him an elite quarterback. The guy's a winner and he's clutch. Those to me are the first two boxes an elite quarterback has to check. And now after this game, after beating the Lions in the fashion that he did, I don't know how you don't call right now Brock Purdy an elite quarterback. Makes the throws, makes plays with his arm and his legs. Mentally, he does not get rattled whatsoever. He's a gamer, and he's the guy when you need to drive the most. When the season is on the line and you need your quarterback to come through, he comes through now every time. And in the playoffs, he's nails. Undefeated in games he started and finished, and now in two years as a starter, has gone to two NFC title games and one Super Bowl appearance. I don't know what else you need to see. I don't know what else you need to see from Brock Purdy. The guy does it all. He's a playmaker. He knows what to do with the football. And what I don't understand is just like some of the, the 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 lack of willing to give him credit is just like physically he doesn't make plays the way Lamar does or the way Josh Allen does or the way Mahomes does. You're right, he doesn't. But does but he wins. Don't don't you want that like aren't you trying to sign up for a quarterback that just wins, that's what Brock Purdy does. The guy is a winner. I will take winning and clutch play over insane athletic ability, over a bazooka of an arm, over the highlight and Instagram-worthy plays that you can you know, replay all throughout the offseason to get yourself excited for next year. I'll take Brock Purdy just in the offensive way it should be And not making any, you know, dazzling plays, even though he made a few on Sunday night. Like, I'll take the way he plays all day. And 95% of teams would too. You should too. Because at the end of the day, all we care about is winning. And that's all the guy does. Undefeated in the playoffs. 21-4. and Now as a career starter in games he's... Started and finished. The guy's a winner and he is clutch. Don't take it just from me. Take it from his head coach, Kyle Shanahan, who after the game basically credited the uh, credited the 17-point comeback to his quarterback himself. Take a listen. thought it was the difference between winning and losing. Um, he made some big plays with his legs, um, getting out of the pocket, moving the chains and some first downs, getting some explosives. Uh, He competed his ass off today and it wasn't easy for any of us, but uh, he kept grinding and uh, was unbelievable
1: there in the second half.
0: And it wasn't just Kyle Shanahan singing the praises of his quarterback. It's Trent Williams. One of the best left tackles this this game has seen. One of the best right now left tackles in the game, period, right now. In current, uh, in 2023. He was asked after the game, does this win? Does this finally, in your mind, give Brock Purdy the respect he deserves? Here's Trent Williams.
2: I hope so, but who, who really cares? You know, it's not the words at the end of the day. You know, this is, this is action. You know, his actions got us to where we are. So people can say whatever they want. Set a lift to say anything.
0: It's not just Trent Williams. This is also part of it, too. Like, you hear any teammate. George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Kyle Shanahan. Like, hear any teammate or coach talk about Brock Purdy, it's all, like, almost like they're in a state of shock of just, like, how no one sees what they see. Like, how this disrespect is out there. They always support their guy. It's not just lip-servicing. They truly believe what they're saying when, when hyping him up and calling him one of the best quarterbacks in the league and trying to have him, you know, get the... Uh, get the praise he deserves. I, I hope a, a win like this finally proves to those doubters that if you are right now not not in on Purdy, you're at this point just a hater. Which look, if you are fine, I'm a hater. I'll admit it. There are certain teams, certain players, I just can't stand. I'll be honest though. Don't try to you know make up some cockamamie stat or excuse as to why he's not one of the best in the league he absolutely is 855-212-85 let's try that again holy cow 855-212-4227 there we go 855-212-4227 social media at ryan underscore hickey and the number three is brock purdy is he finally now getting the respect in your mind he deserves Already, still have questions about the 49ers signal caller. Don is calling from Iowa. Hello, Don.
3: Hey Ryan, how you doing?
0: What's going on, man? We're doing well, man. What's on your mind? Hey,
3: I'm actually calling from Ames, Iowa, where Brock played his college ball.
0: Nice Cyclones. Let me let me ask you a question. I think Brock's kind of gotten a bad rap because of where he was drafted.
3: If he would have been drafted in the third, fourth, or fifth round, do you think people will still be
0: giving him a hard time about, you know, how he's performing? Not as much. No, I think, Don, where he was drafted is absolutely part of it. Absolutely and part you know, of it that no one wants to admit that their team was wrong in letting him go down to the final pick of the draft. And so because of that, we assume, oh, you can't be good I, when you're Mr. Irrelevant. I think that's absolutely part of it.
3: I, I bleed Cardinal in gold. But in college, he was throwing the kids that were bailing hay the day before the game. He did not have talent at wide receivers. You know, that's why his stats didn't pop,
0: you know. He,
3: he, he went have drafted
0: a lot higher. And you know what's funny, Don? Yeah. I was, I think it was what, 2019 maybe or 2021, one of those two years. And I appreciate the call. I was all in on Iowa State in part because of Brock Purden. They lost to Iowa. In week two or week three, I think college game day was there in Ames. I'm sure you remember that, Donna. Unfortunately, that, that bad memory. Um, and I'm like, I'm, I, I can't be a Purdy guy because this was. there's a lot of talent on Iowa State. You hear about Matt Campbell as a great head coach. And it's like Purdy was just terrible. Terrible. And it's like anytime they played Iowa, the biggest game of the season, he just was a complete choke artist. I'm like, okay, right, well, you know, Purdy's going to be one of those guys that you know plays well against bad teams, but anytime you need him to, he's not going to, he's not going to come through. And here we are, a few years later. I mean, better team, yes, but here he is, Mister Clutch, coming through and elevating his play. Rich's call from California. What up, Rich? Hey, Ryan, thanks for taking my
3: phone call. Um, I just want to say what I got to say, and then uh, I'll take your comments off the air. Um, these callers. And all these NFL fans need to look and watch what's going on with Purdy right now. He's he's saying he's basically having Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson saying take a back seat. I'm breaking history right now. Uh, he's been in the NFC Championship his rookie season, and now he's into the Super Bowl his second season. Patrick Mahomes is chasing his third Super Bowl right now, or fourth, and he's or, and Purdy's catching up to him already and then two going to the referee calls I'm glad they didn't call anything they're finally letting people play this year and you had fans crying before for three years straight and then now they're not calling anything now they're crying that they're not calling anything what is it and then with the catch with IUK, people don't understand that I've been in a clutch situation like that when I was playing football I was a receiver it was fourth and eight I caught the ball on my helmet
0: Hold on, is this David Tyree? Is David Tyree on the phone right now? Who? David Tyree, Giants, Helmet catch Super Bowl. Hey, that was me. I knew it. I knew David Tyree was on the line. I, I could tell by the voice.
3: And then with our defense, I'm worried about our defensive coordinator. He's the reason why we fell behind in the beginning and other games. I think... The Niners should call Bill Belichick right now, hire him before the Super Bowl, and have him help our defensive coordinator to sew it up. Because that defense, what I said when I called in a while ago, a couple weeks ago, we're set up to walk in and walk out with a Super Bowl ring this year. There's no reason why any quarterback should have any time. And I want to see the same defense in that uh, Ravens game. Uh, I mean, not the Ravens, but the Eagles
0: game. Yeah, I was going to say, you don't want that it, Ravens defense. Yeah, I want competing. defense in the Eagles game this Super Bowl. Really quick here, Rich. Uh, where'd you play college ball? I didn't play college ball. It was high school. Oh, oh, high school. You, you So, fourth down, big catch on the helmet? Big catch on a helmet, and I was injured. The corner was so mad, he headbutted
3: me in the back, and my spine went through my into my stomach area. I was only out for one play when I came back, and we went into three overtimes. Wow! After I caught that one fourth down pass, so there's no game that's rigged. I lived the magic moment, and it. How
0: old are you, Rich? I'm 43. Do you still got any juice in those legs? I'm a Colts fan. We could use another receiver for Anthony Richardson. You got any, any juice left next year? I could run a 4-6 still. Okay. You know what? All right. I'll give Chris Ballard your, your contact info, Rich. And you may play, be wearing a Colts I, blue I horseshoe. I to the
3: Concord Cobras with Nick Mignolo and David Tolperson. David Tolperson, who has two Super Bowl rings, and sacked Tom Brady in the Super Bowl.
0: All right, Rich, I, I appreciate the call. I love I love the high school reference of the, the catch. So just so anyone out there that thinks the NFL is rigged or thinks the 49ers got lucky in Brandon Ayuk's catch, you heard Rich in California right there tell you that wasn't luck. That was skill, and that was probably planned by Purdy to throw it off the helmet for Ayuk. I'm sure they do that in practice all the time. How much Rich in California bad, does it himself.
3: All over the mountains.
0: What was that, Carlos? I missed it. I was talking over it. Pl- Sorry, can you play it again, please?
3: I bet I can throw a football over the mountains.
0: I hate to do this. You're going to out me here, but I'm not afraid to, to expose myself. I, I don't know You're the reference. You're kidding. I do not know the reference at all.
1: Oh, when Rich was talking about his, uh, his helmet catch in the uh, fourth down. 30 years ago. 30 years ago, and uh, the corner was so mad that a, uh, he had his spine into his stomach. I immediately went to this scene of Napoleon Dynamite uh, where Uncle Rico could have went pro.
3: How much you want to make a bet I can throw a football over the mountains.
0: Good movie. Uh, a movie that I should have seen. Um, with my uncultured self, I have not.
1: My man really thinks he could have went pro. If only coach put me in, we would have went to the State Championship.
0: Does sound I like it. Does sound identical.
1: Terrible. I mean, listen. I, I mean,
0: I mean, as someone, I, I don't, don't see the Ridge movie. It sounds wall, like, but I don't. I how do I know that he's made a fourth down helmet catch? I'm gonna trust Rich. I don't think you would lie. I don't think you would lie about something that happened 30 years ago, almost.
1: Man, I
0: hope not. At least I got it, bigger problems. It,
1: it's definitely one of those Al Bundy. I had four touchdowns against uh, whatever high school it was was Bubba, junkyard Bubba Dixon. That was his rival, but he had four touchdowns for Polk High, and just. Ran that into the ground for forty
0: years. That one story. I mean, look, man. So you got to do that. That's what high school is for. If only for the, Coach put me in, Ryan, for the glory days. You know, I mean, if only, if only I caught that pass at Penn State football tryouts in front of Bill O'Brien, I would have been a Penn State receiver. Instead, I almost broke his toe and I got cut. So
1: yeah, if if my uh, aunt had must uh, <laughs> hair and her mustache, she'd be my uncle.
0: I <laughs> you. they're gonna use a different, you know. Same, same reference, different uh, word usage there, different body part to uh, do the, the if-then sort of game. But all right, we'll keep it clean Not that it, kind of show. It is family-friendly, after all, on CBS Sports Radio. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4227. All right, we'll continue to take your thoughts here. Niners beat the Lions. Chiefs beat the Ravens. When we return here on the show, Hick at Night, Ryan Hickey with you on CBS Sports Radio. Patrick Mahomes does it again. Welcome in Hick at Night with you, Ryan Hickey on CBS Sports Radio. Chiefs are going back to the Super Bowl for the fourth time now in five years. They are now on pace. Not there yet, but they are on pace to become the greatest dynasty we've ever seen in the NFL. In part because this year especially... I thought was the most impressive year from Patrick Mahomes. It's not the case statistically. It was actually his worst year statistically in terms of a full year, passing yards, passing touchdowns, and a career high in interceptions. But why this was the most important year, I thought, from Patrick Mahomes, uh, most impressive year, I should say, was because of the fact and how he was able to get this Chiefs team to the Super Bowl with the real flaws they had. Up until this point in Mahomes' short career so far, this was by far the most vulnerable Chiefs team we have seen in the Mahomes era. Problems on the offensive line. Receivers, unreliable, not catching the ball, very inexperienced, legitimate issues there. Travis Kelsey taking a step back for most of the season. Like Offensively, even though the defense was the best in the Mahomes era, the offense had real problems where, like, you watch them. It's like, this: they are the most beatable. There has never been a more beatable Chiefs team with Patrick Mahomes there than what we saw this year. And despite that, Mahomes and everyone else raised their play to the point where they are now back in the Super Bowl. Even though, again, it's not statistically the best year for them, getting this team to where they are right now to me, is is by far the most impressive year I've seen from Mahomes, and that's that is where true champions and true like legends are built. Not like when things are going well and you have Travis Kelsey in his prime and you have Tyree Kill um, on your team as well and Andy Reid. It's when things are not going your way, when Kadarius Cone, uh, Tony can't catch the ball, when MVS is dropping big time passes and not coming up clutch either, and you're losing games because the receivers can't catch. It's easy to get frustrated. It's easy to lose faith. It's easy to throw your hands up and say, what else am I supposed to do? This is just a lost season because everyone else around me sucks. None of that happened. And Mahomes was able to get the rest of the offense at a level where you see Travis Kelsey look unguardable on Sunday against the Ravens, where she rice is making some big plays in the postseason despite just being a rookie. The offensive line has improved. Like, everyone's play has been raised in the playoffs to where now, like, you look at how, you know, where they are back in the Super Bowl. By the way, also, not just back in the Super Bowl, back in the Super Bowl through, arguably, their toughest path to date, right? I mean, look, it was 30 below, and the Dolphins are frauds. But on paper, you have an explosive offense coming to town, both teams having to deal with the freezing cold in wildcard weekend against the Dolphins. Then you have Mahomes playing his first playoff game, in uh, first road playoff game, I should say, in Buffalo, taking on the Bills. That was primed for the Bills to get their revenge and finally knock off Kansas City for the first time in the postseason. Unable to do so. Then you got to go on the road to the number one seed, Baltimore Ravens, who have the MVP of quarterback in Lamar Jackson, have the number one scoring defense, and you go in there and win no problem. So, worst team around him. Toughest road he's had to go through to get to the Super Bowl. And Mahomes gets their worst statistical season of his career, and he's back in the Super Bowl like it's nothing. It's unbelievable. The Chiefs are on the path to becoming the greatest dynasty we've ever seen. Four Super Bowl appearances now in five years. Mahomes is is chasing three, so he's nearing already halfway to Brady if he gets one in two weeks from now. But this was the year. This was the year the Chiefs were supposed to get got. This was the year someone else was supposed to win the AFC. Here we are, though, again. Chiefs get it done. This to me was the most impressive season on Patrick Mahomes' career, in large part because what was around him. Getting the job done despite the question marks, the real question marks surrounding him, beyond impressive. Beyond impressive. Andy Reid after the game was kind of reflecting on that, almost laughing at the fact, but does credit his team that there were some rough times. But like Andy said, team never quit.
3: The thing that stood out to me most was just the positive attitude on the sideline through the highs and the lows of positive. Attitude, that kind of tells you the season um, gives you the whole story. There, the guys uh, never doubted. Uh, they just, you know, they put themselves in a position where you had a chance, and they, they, you know, they took care of that.
0: He's right, and they, they deserve a lot of credit. Cause I think it's easy, especially for their quarterback, to get frustrated to make excuses. And to throw other guys under the bus. And that never happened one time. And you see that now throughout the entirety of of this postseason, especially. That team played together as one. They shouldn't have been. They should have splintered. They never did. That's championship material. That is championship right there. D-N-A. 855-212-4227. And Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. Mark is calling from Buffalo. Hello, Mark.
3: Hey, Mr. Hickey, how are you, sir?
0: I'm doing well, man. Brock, What's on your mind? Hey, as for Brock Purdy, you're right. All he does is win.
3: But it sure helps he's got Christian McCaffrey back there. Maybe someday he'll be looked at. He's elite. As for Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes is in a class by himself. And all the general managers that passed on him, I think he was drafted number 17. And the worst of it is Buffalo Bills traded that pick to Kansas City. Yes, yep. they got Josh Allen the next year. I got to, I got to stand up a little bit for Josh Allen. About an hour and a half ago, a guy called in and said he missed a check down. That's not elite. Elite. He threw the ball 65 yards and hit Stefan Diggs right in the hand for the winning touchdown. And Diggs didn't catch it.
0: So no, he didn't get it. I thought Josh Allen played really well. Did he make the explosive plays mark uh, against the chiefs? No, he did not appreciate the call. Um, He was let down by his teammates for sure. Um, other playoff games that was, that's not been the case and he's let the team down, but yes, Diggs makes the catch different game. He doesn't get hit. And then that ball short hops, Khalil Shakir's open in the end zone, different game, but that's also part of it. Look, the chiefs themselves got breaks. We talked about the 49ers getting lucky. The chiefs got lucky last week against the bills and what championship teams do is take advantage of your mistakes. Everyone gets breaks. Everyone needs a missed kick to go their way or a drop pass or a crazy deflection. People, you know, you it's okay to get good bounces your way sometimes. It's not illegal. But the difference between great teams and everyone else is when those great teams get breaks, they guarantee to make you pay. A lot of others, uh, a lot of other teams struggle to do that. Glenn is calling from Toronto. We talked a lot about not only this game of Mahomes going to the AFC title game, but the 49ers or AFC, uh, winning the AFC, excuse me, and going to the Super Bowl. Also talked about the 49ers winning the NFC, and I've stood with Dan Campbell's aggressiveness going forward on fourth down twice. Didn't work out, but I think the call was correct. Uh, Glenn is calling from Toronto. What's up, Glenn? Well,
2: uh, Ryan, sorry. uh, I have to dispute that. I mean, uh, uh, any – sort of football logic would tell you that, okay, you're up. There's one thing to be aggressive. If it's a close game and that's the way you've played all season, great. You got to continue that way. I totally agree with you. But when you're up 17 points and you hold the other team to a field goal uh, on their first drive coming, coming back in the third quarter, um, that's a win for your team. And so it's like, you should be preaching, okay, Whatever we've got this game under control, guys. Can't let up. We've got to do whatever they do. So they just scored three. So it when they ever had the chance to uh, put it down to three on the board and they went for the fourth down, that's got to be one of the worst calls ever in professional football. That has nothing to do with being aggressive. That's just logic. I mean, what's that telling to you? First off, what's that telling to your defense? Well, we don't have enough. Uh, confidence in you, even though you held uh, San Francisco, what, the seven points in the first half? Now mm-hmm. all of a sudden, we don't trust you guys. So we're going to go for fourth down because even though we're now up 14, that's not enough. The other thing is, what does that do to the mindset of the 49ers? Oh my God, they don't trust their defense and they think we can just drive them at any time. Like a lot of sports, Ryan, as you know, is between the ears. So that oh, yeah. one call, that one call. Uh, had a negative effect on the defense. You're right. And the second one, they marched straight down and scored a touchdown right after. Why is that? Because their defense probably thought, oh, we suck. Our coach has no confidence. We can't make, like, just just imagine the pressure they put on their defense at that point.
0: Well, what I, I would push back with no... Glenn is the fact that Dan's done this all year. Now, has the, yeah. like, the defense has gotten stops and the secondary has been their biggest issue, but yeah. it's not like he is Coach one way, and wow. now all of a sudden it's a playoffs, and he goes, "Oh my God, fourteen points is not enough! Like we got to score a touchdown every time because our uh, defense stinks." Has, has, like he's been doing it all year, so the defense, even if it's like a mentality perspective, they're used to it.
2: Yeah, but not with a seventeen-point lead or fourteen-point lead. You're not playing like that with a. That's absolutely like that's garbage. I'm sorry, Ryan. I like you a lot. We've talked a lot in the past. You know, oh, apologize, my, where my, Glenn. Uh, where did my pick stand in terms of going four and one? I. I don't know where I ended up on the hickeys-pickies. But anyways, um, but that's just an idiotic call. I'm sorry. There's, that, that's a fireable call. That is so bad because he, you're right. They were aggressive all season. But now with a 17-point lead, that's just idiotic. And why, if that's the case, then why did they kick the, fo- the field goal uh, before the end of the half? If they were like always going on at fourth down, like nothing you've said makes any sense. I'm sorry, and I like you a lot. You know that. It's a, Glenn, It's no, okay. No it's, a, it.
0: it's it's okay. Here, he, I appreciate the call. By the way, you finished number one, Hickey's Pickies for callers. Congratulations to you. A plus picks going four and one this year. Um, without like, I think there first of all. I think there's a difference between the fourth down in the second half and kicking the field goal from the three and a half yard line right before halftime. I do think there's a difference because you want to talk about real momentum. I think real momentum is if you're the 49ers defense before the half, you get a stop. So now instead of it being 24 to seven, it's 21 seven. You get the ball to start the second half. I think kicking the field, goal there absolutely keeps momentum on your side and does not open the door for the 49ers to have the comeback be easier um, than it was. I think there is a difference with momentum halftime versus midway through the third quarter. And number 2 is like if that is, like if that is who you are and you are someone who's foot on the pedal, we're going to go for it. We're going to trust our offense, which also by the way, up to that point, let's all, like it's not like the the Lions offense has stunk and Jared Goff has been a nightmare. And it's like, "Oh boy, we're going for it. Like, they've not shown you anything all day." The 49ers could not get a stop. Let me just double-check here to make sure I I don't want to be inaccurate or or speak here incorrectly. Touchdown. Okay, so they up to that point, the Lions had one punt. They on offense were as follows. Touchdown, touchdown. Punt on their third possession. Touchdown, field goal right before the half, and then on the, the fourth down decision was their first drive of the third quarter. The offense was outside of one drive was going up and down the field at ease. So it was a fourth and two, I think it was, uh, if my memory serves me right there. You, like, If you're Dan Campbell, you have no reason to think your offense with how they've been playing can't pick up two yards. And by the way, the play was there. If Josh Reynolds catches the ball, this is a different, we are probably talking about a different outcome of this game. That ball was there. The execution was that, uh, was not. But you convert that and you go from, you know, fourth and two at the 49ers 28 to like the 20-yard line, you punch a touchdown and and you go up by twenty-one points in the third quarter, the game is over. That's your kill shot right there. The 49ers got a breath of life kicking a field goal to start the second half. You score a touchdown, it is over. I I, I have no problem with Dan Campbell going for the kill shot there. And trying to make sure that his team gives no chance of the 49ers to come back. I love not playing scared. I think for me, he made the right call. Eight five five one, two, four, two, 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 seven. We'll continue to take your thoughts here. Um, on both games. Did Dan Campbell make the right call? You look at the the Mahomes, is this the, the greatest season he has had so far in his career? And also, we're gonna do this here at the end. Um, new time slot means hopefully, uh, a new fun segment. You'll enjoy Sunday scaries. We all have them. Hopefully you're not experiencing them right now. Or if you are, hopefully the show is, is ease them a little bit, but we all get them Sunday scary. So what we're going to do is highlight other people's stupidity to make you feel a little bit better about yourself going into the work week. We'll finish the show. with a little Sunday scaries debut. Lot to get into here before Hick at Night does conclude with you on this Sunday. But before that, here the latest CBS Sports Radio Update, it's Peter Schwartz. Welcome on in Hick at Night and Ryan Hickey with you on CBS Sports Radio. We'll get to Sunday Scaries in a little bit. As a reminder, this portion of the show is brought to you by Wesley Financial. Stuck in a timeshare and one out, contact Wesley Financial Group now and get a free. Timeshare exit information. Kit at WesleyFinancialGroup.com. dot com. Before we do get to Sunday scaries, Ernie's calling from California. What's up, Ernie? Hey, Ricky. How, hey, how you doing? Good, man. What's on your mind? Hey, sorry, man. I I'm, I'm working graveyard. You guys, keep me up. But all good.
3: Hey, um, hey, listen. Uh, the uh the elite quarterback right now is Mahomes. Right?
0: hmm
3: And then before that was probably Brady, right? Yep. And then everybody talks about the system and they're not giving the the pretty the quarterback from uh the uh Sam Citroen are not giving enough credit 'cause yeah, they got people behind him, but I can't believe that nobody's uh compared him to Montana. I mean Montana wasn't a big guy. He wasn't the fastest guy, the strongest arm, but he had uh you know, uh, I know they 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 uh, credit Shanahan, but there was a guy there before, Bill Walsh. Did he, he had a pretty a good offense of mine too, a system. You know, I think that uh, I, people should give this quarterback a little more credit.
0: I agree, Ern, And if you look at it, I appreciate the call. Like Mahomes, his first few years in the league, his first Super Bowl he won. He had Hall of Fame head coach in Andy Reid, Hall of Fame wide receiver in Tyree Kill, Hall of Fame tight end in, in Travis Kelsey. Every great quarterback has great greatness around them. I don't know why Purdy's the only quarterback now that people want to point that out for, but ignore it for others. That, that it doesn't make sense to me. It it, it does, not, does not make sense to me. All right, so this is exciting here. This is fun. New time slot, Hick and Night, now every single Sunday starting at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 o'clock Pacific. Going forward here, new segment means, or I should say new show time means new segment. Sunday scaries, unfortunately, are here to ease those, to ease that anxiety that we all feel as we get set for another work week about to start. Well, I think one of the best ways to do that is by highlighting Other people's flaws. Let's do it right now. The weekend is winding
2: down. Hey, Ryan, who's got the Sunday scaries this week?
0: Oh, I got a lot of folks right now at the Sunday scaries. Carlos, I said before I'm not the most um, cultured person in the world. I can proudly say I do know who Alyssa Milano is. I know who that is, too. So good for you. She is a little bit down bad, but I'm not going to highlight her per se. But she recently put out a tweet with a GoFundMe link for her son, uh, for her son's baseball team to raise money so they can play in a tournament this summer in Cooperstown, New York, which is the home of the Baseball Hall of Fame. I've actually been to Cooperstown playing in that baseball tournament that she wants her son to go to. Uh, I don't have Alyssa Milano money. My parents would have Alyssa Milano money. Found a way to do it. Not that expensive. Point being, Alyssa Milano is rich, famous and rich. She can't be putting out a GoFundMe link for asking people for money to send her son to Cooperstown. You, you can't do that. But she's not who I want to highlight, Carlos, because there are 330 suckers in this world that took the bait. That GoFundMe page, I looked into it. 330 people donated to Alyssa Milano's son's baseball team to send them to a tournament. What are we doing?
1: Yeah, if I'm going to give anybody money, it's not going to be somebody who was on Who's the Boss. I'm not giving celebrities money. Now, if I'm going to give Alyssa Milano uh, anything on a GoFundMe, if there's a... If there's a treat or a strings attached, then yeah, I'm all in. But out of the kindness of my heart, kick rocks, sit on a fence. No
0: way am I donating. Totally different story. If maybe you'll get a date with, let's say, Alyssa Milano, if you donate a hundred bucks. But could you imagine being an everyday guy or gal and being like, you know what? I'm going to spend some of my hard-earned money. So Alyssa Milano's son, who Alyssa herself is valued at ten million dollars. She can raise 10 grand to send her son's baseball team to a tournament?
1: Yeah, 10K to her is probably like 200 bucks
0: to us. What are we, what are people thinking? There's a sucker born every day. And we how come they're not giving it to us, Carlos? Honestly, how could people identify themselves on this? Because I need to, I need to talk we to We
1: need you. to start a GoFundMe about like feed your producers, like feed your radio personalities. My we don't make goodness. money. So, I'm gonna start a GoFundMe
0: in, in in the next ten minutes about that, and they surpassed the goal of ten grand. It's at eleven. What are we doing? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. That's so that's number one there. I can't. Three hundred and thirty people donated to Alyssa Milano's GoFundMe. Embarrassing. Uh, she, just, she just showed everybody who the boss is. That's you're right about that. For those three hundred thirty people, I got Sunday scares for you. I also got Sunday scares for a man down in Australia, mate. First and last time I'll try that accent. Oh, ironically enough, by the way, Outback Steakhouse advertisement right on the TV. You so. call that a knife? This is <laughs> a knife. <laughs> Crocky. All right. Well, that's, that's really bad. Okay. You're better than me, so I'll leave it to you. Um, down in Australia, their professional baseball league, they have an awesome promotion. You catch a home run ball in the air. Catch it on the fly. You get a free year's worth of Han beer. I don't know if it's any good, but Han beers run the advertisement. You catch a home run on the fly, you get a free year's worth of beer. Watching a game, or I saw a highlight on Twitter. I'm not going to say I was watching the game, but I saw the highlight on Twitter. Some guy hits a home run. A fan. This is like the easiest home run you'll ever catch. Can of corn. It's not a crowded stadium. He had like a lawn chair, so he sits up out of the lawn chair. It's like a traditional stadium. It's almost like the Little League baseball, like where people are on the hill. He stands up, can of corn right there, hits him like right in the chest, goes through his hands, drops the home run ball, Ugh. and thus Carlos drops a year's worth of beer. By the way, what an incredible. Great promotion. I mean, we thought like. What are we doing here in America? Aaron judges like the people fighting to catch his record-breaking 60-second home run two years ago was going to be like chaos. Imagine every home run hit, someone's getting a free year's worth of, like, Bud Light or whatever. <laughs> it would be a madhouse. I'll tell you this. I'll go to a lot more baseball games if that's would, the case. I, I would get season tickets. <laughs> Attendance would skyrocket. Rob Manfred, free adver, uh, advertising right there. But that's, like, you talk about Sunday scares, man. Free year's worth of beer. Easiest home run you'll probably ever catch. Drop through your hands. Ah, uh, man. He, you know
1: what it is? He saw all the beer. He, he already calculated the fridge space. And just like a receiver turning upfield, didn't secure the ball and just dropped it.
0: Already started thinking about, man, I'm going to have all the boys over tonight. (laughs) We are party. Oh, no. Didn't secure the bag. So those are a few people with some Sunday scares. Hopefully, if you are feeling a little uneasy, getting ready for the work week, those kind of ease your uh, concerns as you think you got it bad. 330 people donating to Alyssa Milano's GoFundMe got it bad. And this poor guy in Australia just dropped a year's worth of beer for free. Uh, well, clearly for free. Dropped a year's worth of beer on the easiest home run catch show he'll probably ever have. Down bad for sure. All right, so that'll do it for this first edition of Hick at Night in the new time slot. In case you're just tuning in, it is Ryan Hickey with you each and every Sunday now moving forward, 10 p.m. Eastern to 2 a.m. Eastern. If you miss any part of the show, Hick at Night Podcast, night spelled N-I-T-E. All four hours of the show uploaded there. Ryan Hickey on YouTube is where a lot of video content is uploaded. A huge thank you to Carlos Ortiz. A-plus job producing, as always. Don't go anywhere. Amy Lawrence is up next. Have a great rest of your Sunday. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next Sunday. It's been Ryan Hickey with you right here on CBS Sports Radio.